Hi, welcome to the show of science, otherwise known as Phoned It In 2.0. I'm unfortunately your host for the session, Socks. So today, we're going to be focusing on the most interesting topic in the world. Can you guess it? I bet you can. No one knows, huh? Well, in that case, we're going to be talking about radioisotopes. More specifically, we're going to be talking about one kind of radioisotope and how it works with the medical field. Now, before we get really into our current topic, let's have a little bit of background information on isotopes. So first off, you might be wondering what radioisotopes actually are. Well, radioisotopes are any species of the same chemical element with different masses whose nuclei are unstable and dissipate excess energy by emitting radiation in the form of alpha, beta, and gamma. In short, it's basically an unstable isotope that releases radiation in order to become a stable isotope again. The kind of radiation depends on the element. Now, scientists managed to figure out a way to use this radiation to our advantage by applying it to all sorts of aspects of our lives, like our health, food, building structures, and the environment. But for this session, we're going to be focusing on the health aspect, more specifically how radioisotopes can be used to treat, research, and diagnose disease. Now, even in this field, there are multiple radioisotopes that we can talk about, but I'm going to narrow it down to one handy-dandy little element that's called cobalt-60, aka CO60. So a little bit of background information on cobalt-60 radioisotope is, it has a half-life of 5.3 years. Its method of decay is through beta decay, but it releases gamma radiation. That's important for later. Its sources are cobalt ores in compounds with arsenic, oxygen, and sulfur. And its nuclear symbol is, surprise, surprise, CO60. Okay, now that we've got that little bit nailed down, let's talk some more about how this applies to medicine. So let's go back to Canada, all the way back in the late 1940s, early 1950s, when one Dr. Harold Johns wrote a letter to the director of the NRCCAED, now known as the CNL, aka the Canadian Nuclear something, Wilfred Bennett Lewis. Okay. Now, good old Dr. Johns was looking to have a prototype machine created that used the cobalt-60 produced from an NRX reactor. This prototype machine was going to be used to try and cure cancer. There's the medical part. So now, of course, our good friend Wilfred wasn't going to say no to trying to make Canada the first country to actually succeed in using nuclear medicine. So pretty soon, there was two different teams working on building two different cobalt-60 apparatuses. Apparatuses, like a fancy word for a machine. I don't know. One team was led by the guy who wrote the letter in the first place, Dr. Harold Johns, in case you forgot. So they built the machine, and later his team collected the depth dose data, which is basically how much radiation you can use on each tumor, and that became the world standard. The other team was a group of researchers at the University of Western Ontario who designed the machine and then collabed with an engineering company called Eldorado Mining and Refining. On the October the 23rd, 1951, the Eldorado unit was installed at Victoria Hospital in London, Ontario. Four days later, the first publicized cobalt-60 treatment in the world happened there. Twelve days after the first patient... Okay, so twelve days after, the first patient in Saskatoon was treated at the Saskatchewan Cancer Commission. Okay, so that story was great and all, but we still really don't get how the machine actually works. So, uh, let's get started on that bit, I guess. 
Well, the machines have a small cylinder of cobalt-60 in the treatment head of the unit. So when the patient lies on the table that's attached to the machine, a beam of gamma rays pass through a series of collimators and jaws that basically shape the, G the beam as it goes towards the patient. The reason it's important to have all of that jazz controlling the beam is because the rays will destroy both cancer cells and healthy cells. So the scientists and the doctors have to make sure to maximize the killing of cancer cells and minimize the killing of healthy cells because nothing can ever be simple. So now in present day, nearly 60 years later, these machines are still commonly used because of their cost efficiency and actually do the job they were created to do. We do have newer and fancier machines, but those are just hard to build, operate, and cost way too much to actually justify replacing Cobalt 60 machines. So that's it for this one hit wonder of a show. Hope you enjoyed listening about cancer. And as your closing fun fact of the day, the cure rate for cervical cancer went from 25% successful to 75% successful after the creation of these good old Cobalt 60 machines. I'm your host, Socks, and this has been an episode of Phoned It In 2.0. We're sorry for your suffering.